Hi friends! Welcome to Taylor Asks a Question. I'm Taylor and I'm so happy you're choosing to spend some time with me and the friends I get to introduce you to along the way. I hope these conversations make you feel like we're all just driving in the car or enjoying a cup of coffee or even sharing a meal together. We'll cover the spectrum of life's questions and discuss topics that I'm hoping will impact your heart, challenge your thinking, and bring glory to God. Let's start asking questions. Hey friends, welcome to Taylor Asks a Question. Today's episode is a very tender one. You're going to hear about my friend Carol. You're going to hear the story of my friend Carol going to one of the nation's most popular crisis pregnancy centers and her experience there. Carol was one of the first people that was on my heart when I started dreaming up this podcast because God really is the hero in this story. You'll hear about his kindness weaved throughout, and it's evident in Carol's voice even as you listen to her share her um, about her relationships and her story and the journey that God has taken her on um, up until this point. Um, you'll hear about our friendship and some fun details that we realized in real time of this recording as we look back on all of our years of being friends. I also really want to recommend that you take a minute and pray before this episode and prepare your heart. If you can't already tell from the title in this one, it's going to be a little more intense and may not be suitable for little ears to hear. We are not doctors, so we are not giving any sort of medical advice in this episode. This episode does have a very different tone to it, and so I hope you approach it tenderly. Here's my conversation with Carol. We are recording now. This is seriously the problem with every episode I have had this season is... I start talking with people and we talk for 45 minutes or two hours. If it's with the other, the gals from the gossip episode, we literally talked for two hours before we started recording. We didn't even have dinner. We just were like, and I was like, Oh, it's kind of like now it's like, Oh, it's late. We should probably start recording. It was so ridiculous. But, um, (laughs) so, um, okay. So today, Although this intro <laughs> has been kind of lighthearted, um, we are here. I'm here with um, with a, a very dear, dear friend of mine. And we have been friends for f- 16 years. Mm. Your oldest daughter is how old? I met her when she 19. was four. Okay, 15. so 15 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 15 years. That's wild. That's a good time. I think I was your daughter's age when I met you. Or younger. Seriously? Yeah. I was like 21. Wow. Yeah. Because I did. Yeah. I was 20. That is bananas. <laughs> <laughs> wild. Oh um, <laughs> so I have my sweet, dear friend, Carol here with me today. And um, when I first, truly, when I first started praying about who I wanted to have on this episode, on this show, like over a year ago of like, who has stories that I know will, will honor the Lord and bring glory to God because of what he's brought them through. I'm not kidding. You were totally one of the first people that God put on my heart. 
but I'm not, I don't think I've ever, I maybe I've asked you one time and, but it was like, think about it. But I don't know that I've asked you since or ever brought it up to you mm, since. You talked about it once and then you just kind of left there. Yeah. Because you know me. It, yeah. It, unless it's my idea, you don't want to push me, right? <laughs> I've known you for 15 years. <laughs> I definitely know how you work. But I know that I can plant a seed and just see what the Lord will do with it. And so I just, yeah, I'm totally proud of you for, and you, so you reached out to me to want to share your story. And I'm, I'm sincerely privileged that you would, that you would do that. I don't know what God put on your heart, laid on your heart, probably because I haven't actually paid attention to the news today. So I don't know what I heard that something was supposed to happen with Roe v. Wade today. Um, but in this time of our culture, um, there is a very high likelihood that Roe v. Wade is going to be Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned, which um, is a wonderful thing for America. <laughs> um, and I, and so in light of all of that, if you can kind of glean what our conversation is going to be around, if you haven't guessed by not only our conversation, but the title of this episode, um, my friend Carol is going to share part of her story and testimony with us. And, um, it is, a obviously a, an intense topic, so I don't, um, maybe you want to listen to this without little kids in the room. Um, we haven't, we, we haven't really discussed it. I've sent her an outline, so I don't really know exactly how, um, graphic this is going to get, but we just want to make sure we protect those little ears and you guys, um, use discernment. Um, also we are not doctors. This is not medical advice. We are just discussing, um, one woman's experience and pray that you would um, find the wisdom in it and um, use discernment and that you would see the goodness of God and the freedom of forgiveness in this story. So, um, but before we get to that story, I will let you guys meet and introduce my friend, Carol. Carol, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. <laughs> Why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Okay. <laughs> what do you do? What do you like to do for fun? What do you, I mean? So I work in early child care, um, mm -hmm. teach pre-K, get kids ready for kindergarten. Mm -hmm. I, How long have you been doing that? Eight, 18 years. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. 18, just wow, three, yeah. three years longer than I've known you. Yeah. But, oh um, yeah, it's... You're also in school. Yeah, perpetual student <laughs> in school for, you know, more teaching stuff. Yeah, <laughs> more TV, yeah, continuing that education. Yeah, which and is great. Uh, what do I do for fun? Read, lounge. There's not really a whole lot. I'm not. I don't need a lot of stuff going on. I yeah. just like to chill. You are my most 
introverted friend, which is hilarious and ironic that you are friends with me because I have a podcast. That's how like extroverted I am is I needed more people to talk to. So I started. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, um, I, um, yeah, I, this is why I'm, that is one reason why I'm really proud of you for being bold and following whatever God placed on your heart to do. Cause this is really out of your comfort zone and like extremely totally <laughs> it's, that's why it took like a year yeah. <laughs> for you dropping the hint for me to consider it yeah although it's been on my heart since becoming a believer that sharing it may help someone yeah so it's always been in the back of my mind that maybe i would but i don't know how actually doing it yeah yeah, (laughs) is very different than yeah yeah, same I mean in different ways it's like we all have these ideas of like oh yeah I should probably do this thing and it's like well okay how am I gonna do that so I'm just really privileged that you um would ask to use this platform to share your story and I hope that we hope that it goes well we don't know what's gonna happen but (laughs) um (laughs) So let's just kind of, um, uh, so why did you want to share your story now? Well, any particular reason? well, yeah, with the news and all about Roe v. Wade and how it might be overturned and go back to the States, it, it kind of just hit like, oh, this is a good time to share yeah. about it. Because, you know, that that decision has now impacted so many lives, mm. including mine, obviously. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just sharing my story that, you know, there's lots of talk about um, shout your abortion or, you know, people being oh proud gosh. and... I just know that that's, that's not how I felt about it, hmm. even as a non-believer. Yeah. And so um, there might be people out there who felt the same way I did in that situation mm-hmm. um, and can relate and mm-hmm. then hear how it's come along now that I'm a believer, how I feel about those things now and how it's changed. Yeah. Um, so why don't you go ahead and just kind of start from like how how old were you what was your relationship like like what led up to you deciding to have an abortion so i'll I'll start a year before i actually had the abortion because i was 19 and dating and had a scare like Oh my gosh, my period's late. (laughs) Um, So me and my boyfriend went out to dinner and had a long talk about what we would do, how we would handle this. And at the end of it, we decided, yeah, we can totally, you know, we love each other. So you were 19 or you were 18 when you had the scare. Yeah. And you were dating for how long? Well, I was late 18. Okay. And you had a scare and how long had you been dating? Few, how long have we been dating? A few months. Okay. Yeah. And you were not. Early... A, you were not a believer. No. And was he? No. 
Um, no. Okay. <laughs> just, just trying to get some clarity. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you went out to dinner. Yeah. Had a long conversation about so what if it. We decided pregnant. because we loved each other, we would we could totally handle it. But that didn't happen. Just scared. False alarm. Yep. <laughs> so immediately got on birth control. Okay. You know, because oh, not whole didn't topic. want that to happen again. Birth control. It whole other episode. It can be a whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, so uh, fast forward mm-hmm. a year, like almost exactly a year. Yeah. Um, so I was, I had just turned 20, um, and I was sick Mm. just all of a sudden I thought maybe I had the flu, you Mm. know, uh, and then, you know, you, you taking your, uh, your pills and stuff and realize, oh, I didn't have my period, but I'm starting my new cycle and then it kind of hit like uh oh <laughs> i didn't have my period and i'm sick yeah so <laughs> there's only so many possibilities yeah could mean. yeah i mean it was it was pretty obvious at that point mm-hmm. that it was pregnant yeah yeah <laughs> um and this time my boyfriend said no we can't do it huh. we won't last oh wow so obviously oh. i didn't want that right <laughs> uh so we went so he said if you if we have this baby you and i won't make it as a couple yeah okay (laughs) completely different from you know yeah a year year ago ago. so yeah so we went to find out for sure Mm. and we went to the local women's clinic that everybody knows by name yeah (laughs) that ought to be defunded we get it yeah and so you go in there and take the test and then they call you back to an office and you sit down there across the desk from you and they just tell you so your test is positive and you know we can help you if you choose to terminate Mm -hmm. to have an abortion and did they use that language like terminate i'm not sure what you don't remember they said i think that it i don't i mean that's what i use um but i think that they just say like end it end the pregnancy or you know because like so much of the language that they use is so intentional but intentional to not say like Baby. baby yeah <laughs> totally yeah no uh, they totally never said baby okay. um, but uh you know so here we can help you mm-hmm. we can do this we can schedule that for you we can even get you help with paying it um 
but if you choose to keep it, we can't help you. And at 20, yeah, and scared. Were you there by yourself? I can't remember if my boyfriend was in the room or not. I think maybe he was, but not that he was any help. Not supportive. In decision making, because I, I mean, I already knew what he wanted. Yeah. So it's safe to say there was a fair amount of pressure on you to. Well, to yeah. If I wanted about. help, yeah, I had to go that route. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm left with no help. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. It's a scary position to be in. So obviously, I went with the help. Right. <laughs> Uh, so scheduled that, and I think it was a week later. I think it was a week later. It wasn't too much longer, but it was a Wednesday, I think, is like they have a certain day that they do all of the abortions. abortions. Um, At each clinic? Yeah. Wow. So nothing else happened. Like, there are no other kind of appointments during that day really like you can walk in and you can get like condoms or you can refill a prescription but it's pretty quiet and and somber in there Oof. uh i you know just the feel in there is it different than when you get went to get your pregnancy test like the feel oh, oh, of the office yeah i mean it was the same office but it was mm-hmm. just a totally different vibe it's, uh, there's more people in there, more more action happening, okay. people, you know, buying things or sitting and waiting their turn. But it's, there's fewer people sitting in the waiting room and it's really quiet. Like, I probably just because it's an enormous thing to go through. Yeah. But, like, you... You're sitting there and you know what's about to happen, but you can't, like, there's, there's, nobody's, nobody's happy about it in there. I'm going to be honest. Nobody's like, no. Excited. Yeah. Making it's, a TikTok or. Oh, my God. I don't know nowadays. Yeah. This was, this was a while back. <laughs> I, no, I know. But I mean, I've literally seen people on TikTok who are like proud to literally be like, yep killing my baby type of it's absolutely abhorrent like it's wild so interesting to to hear and good to hear that there is a right level of like somberness and like not even reverence but just like the reality of the heaviness of like death is in the air type of a which is interesting because they don't give you that impression that you're actually killing anything you're you know okay yeah what was so talk to us about like when you went into the room like what was that did you go by your Mm. did you go by yourself to the appointment well you can't go by yourself you have to have somebody who's going to be there to drive you afterwards okay um but no my boyfriend was there but he didn't come back with me during that time um so it was just me my paper gown and the doctor and the doctor had an ultrasound machine and my file but i didn't get to see what was on the ultrasound they didn't show you no um and and i remember thinking 
which is weird because there's no reason for me to think that they would show me. But I remember thinking, oh, they're not showing me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's me. It's my procedure. Like, why can't I see what's going on? Yeah. Um, there is a reason yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, mm. I remember being asked to sign um, a paper if I would donate organs. And, and it didn't hit me at the time, you know, like, well, I mean, it kind of did. I just ignored it because... Your organs? No, no. Or the, the baby's? The baby's organs. Oh. And it didn't occur to me that there would be organs. Yeah. You know, if they're telling you it's just something to remove. Yeah. So I, I didn't at the time put it together. I was just kind of out of it trying to look at it as, oh, just another doctor visit, just, you know, so, but, but I thought, oh, yep, I'll totally do that. That's a good cause kind of thing, right? It's a way to redeem, yeah. And now looking at it, I'm like, that's horrendous. Knowing what they do with those parts and those babies they remove, it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But, um, so what was the procedure like? Mm, so this one was the, the suction one, you know, like they just vacuum it out of you. It didn't take very long. Cause you were, s- how far along? Um, I think I was somewhere between eight and 10 at that time. Wow. So almost under your first trimester. It was probably close, closer to eight. I'm not sure because okay. of how, you, you know, measure. I was sick and then, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they probably don't tell you when you make the decision to have an abortion. Uh, like how yeah, old. I'm not sure yeah. if they did that. I mean, you've seen my slip from another one, but it yeah. said the gestation on it. But I don't remember. I mean, they must have. They must have told me how far when the positive test came. Sure. But, like, again, it's, yeah. like, it's... But it was probably, early. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, it was... Was that, like... I feel like, though, they, the animations and demonstrations that I've seen are more... They show more, like, second term abortions were like where the ripping they dismantle yeah. yeah a baby yeah and crush the skull and all that stuff so your baby wasn't no it was that far along suction out was that painful um no i mean as invasive as you know just getting your yearly exam or something oh. um yeah so it like appeared to be kind of simple yeah, to a degree. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if you were someone who did think of this as medical care, like you said, it's no more invasive than, so it's like, oh, yeah, this would just be medical care to just yeah, have this be a part of someone's insurance or something that companies cover because it's just... 
similar, but it's not. Yeah, it's just a procedure. It doesn't, there, there's no, you know, cutting open or anything like yeah. that. So. so that's a good way to probably neutralize, take away the science portion of what actually is going on hmm. for someone who wants to like, like sear their conscience, right? And like kind of just not think about it if they're if they are someone who thinks, yeah, it's just a medical procedure. Yeah, that's totally what I did. Yeah. You know, uh, I didn't get to see anything. I don't see anything while they're doing it. Yeah. Huh. Um Man. but afterwards you're sent to a recovery room. Yeah. Uh where everybody else who has just had one is sitting. Yeah. Uh, I think you had to stay for maybe a half an hour. But in that half an hour, it's quiet. Nobody's making eye contact with each other in that small room. Huh. Everybody knows what everybody did. You know. <laughs> wow. And you're just sitting there waiting out your time so that you can go home. And, and that's it. You're done. Uh, they tell you if you have any, you know, serious bleeding or anything, any other complications, don't call them. Just call 911. So they can't help you afterwards with anything hmm. or they, they have no means to, to do anything. Wow. Okay. So what, so that was part of the recovery. Was there anything after that? Like, as far as a physical recovery, there was just, just time. They tell you to wait. I can't even remember how long, 10 days maybe or something before you have intercourse. And that's about it. There's no, no checkup afterwards or anything other than if you went in for your yearly exam. Okay. Um, so this was you when you were 20 yeah that this happened so then did you um so then you got pregnant you ended up getting pregnant later again as well right with in more intentionally oh yeah obviously totally needed to plan <laughs> <laughs> and definitely planned for the son, uh, you know. You ended up marrying your boyfriend? Married him and, you know, planned a family. Yeah. Uh, so got pregnant um, and decided I would go back to that facility to get a pregnancy test and see what happened this time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, so went in there, took the test and then was called back to that room again. And they're like, so it's positive. And I'll, I just, I'm keeping it. And I remember the shock, like it was quick yeah, and then disappeared. But then the gal was like, okay, well then good. And that was it. We're not interested in yeah. keeping babies here. That's not what our business is. We're not in the business well, of yeah, keeping I mean, babies alive. Not even a, hey, 
it was, I'll, I can recommend you an OBGYN oh, or yeah. anything like that. Nothing. Nothing. So the, it's like no planning to actually become a parent. Yeah. When you decide to become a parent. Interesting. It's more. Interesting choice of a, words. A yeah. prevention. Of parenthood. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then and should you decide yeah. to become a parent and have a family, then you go elsewhere. Yeah. They can't help you with actually. No. Planning to be a parent. Ironically. Yeah. Hmm. That's so. Um. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, so this again was all happening while you were not a Christian. Right. So what happened in the years following? Like, how did you see, so you are a Christian now. So how did you go from that relationship, those feelings of shame having an abortion to like becoming a Christian. Like what was that? What was that journey like? So I, um, had my daughter that obviously I kept. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, we, she was about a little over a year and I decided to go back to work and my mother-in-law at the time worked in a church and connected to the church was childcare. Mm -hmm. And so she put me in touch with the lady who ran that center. Mm -hmm. And so I met her and did an interview and, and ended up starting to work there, but it, was was crazy like she tells me now that um when we were interviewing and there's questions about um your faith and stuff your your boss yeah the director of the preschool who was your boss at the time and my boss at one point um so she was having this conversation with you she tells you this now yeah so she has since told you has since yeah during the interview i she asked me about my views on faith, about Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I mean, I wanted to be honest because I like honesty, even if I wasn't a Christian. Yeah. And morals. Yeah. Mostly. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she asked about it and I said, well, I don't have a problem with it. I, I'm just not a believer. And she tells me that she, you know, respected how honest I was about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't, I can't say how grateful I am enough mm-hmm. that she gave me that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Although I did not want to become a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting out of the house and, and working and still being close to my own children there was incredible. That's okay. So, uh, yeah, just having the opportunity to get out and, and be with my kids in the same environment was great. I did not know how much I would change. Mm-hmm. Um, over the next five years. 
how old are you at this point? Um, so I was 24 when I had my daughter. So between 24 and 29, those five years, um, you know, working there, we had yeah. Bible studies, we had all sorts of things that, um, were faith-based. Yeah. Revolved. I mean, is it kids chapel? You had to teach Bible and, stories. Yeah. And it, it, <laughs> it was strange for me. I wasn't a believer, right? but I learned as I went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't obviously realize how much God was putting in there hmm. as seeds. Mm-hmm. Not at the time. I wouldn't. No. Nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and mind you, I'm still holding on to my guilt hmm. from the past abortion. Even though I mm-hmm. had children, Yeah, it's still there mm-hmm. um, and continued to be there until... 2009, 2009, mm-hmm. I um, was on a phone call with my former mother-in-law and had been having some difficulties with my husband at the time. And in talking with her, I confessed my abortion. She didn't like that side of the family didn't know. They're they're all believers. Mm-hmm. Um my family knew and probably promptly forgot. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so it, w- it was not only, you know, my own shame and guilt, but hiding it from others. Yeah. Um but I confessed it to her over the phone and I felt a huge relief. Um, and I, I knew then that that's what it felt like to be free mm. from sin. Mm. And that's when I, my eyes started to become mm. open to what Jesus did mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Considering you had all that, head knowledge and stories in your head from teaching. Yeah. I can only imagine like the and stories from coworkers, you know, yeah. their experiences and things like just, just being surrounded. And, yeah. You're surrounded yeah. by Christians. So you could not escape it. <laughs> no. No. And that's how awesome God is mm-hmm. and how he worked that all. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have chosen to go work there, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely not in a church because I wasn't a Christian. Mm -hmm. So he was, he was working through all of those people who put me there. Mm -hmm. Like it was incredible. Like the relationships I made, Mm -hmm. like meeting you Mm -hmm. and it's. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because you, before we were, before we started recording, you were telling me, which is so funny because I like, forget that you weren't a Christian, I guess, because you worked at a Christian daycare. So I just assumed you were a Christian and because, um, you are a hard nut to crack 
when it comes to getting to know you. It took a long time. I don't know if it was just my like, I probably, I feel like I probably really annoyed you at first. I don't know. I was in my early twenties though. So I probably was annoying to everyone, but for some reason, like there was something about our friendship and our relationship because even I left for a while and we still like kept in contact for whatever reason. Yeah. Because I don't know, I feel like at that time, I don't know how like buddy-buddy friendly you were with people outside of work. Because before that, you had even, so you had asked me to like, you talked, like you had asked me to watch your girls to babysit. Because when you're in your early 20s and you need extra money, you do that. <laughs> and I, um, your oldest daughter and we, was the And we cost- weren't even We weren't, su- no. I mean, we were like work friends yes but not like friend friends and so it was like yeah okay and so it's so funny I don't we like I said before we were kind of talking about who it was truly the lord because I don't know remember why you asked me you don't remember why you asked. no I just reached out to you (laughs) which is not a thing that you did no no (laughs) so it's just so it's it's so crazy to see the hand of God and well because yeah if it's been 15 years I would I was for sure 20 when I first started working there for sure so that's a bananas <laughs> so crazy um so yeah I mean so how did so with that like regeneration like conversion experience how did that and so just through your confession through repentance like God's kindness essentially led you to like repentance and confession essentially that is wild but like true like it's so that's one of those weird like God things of like wow God is so good but it's like he literally tells us that's what happens like that's biblical yeah but I think I wouldn't have known I wouldn't have felt maybe and had the knowledge that that is what it was yeah i not been working there and surrounded by people and learning that already because look i i was married to somebody and whose family was christian i had people around me that were christian and i still couldn't yeah be drawn into it you know like just by that so the patience that he had working Mm -hmm. in me (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's incredible patience yeah because five years of working in me and not necessarily seeing any fruit yet you know like and not and and like not crushing you either yeah like giving you freedom in it because he's a good dad like he's a good heavenly father yeah who loves his kids and for those whom he does call like that is what good dads do like there's forgiveness and like you said freedom from it um man I'm not really sure like what, I mean, I have so many, I have several different questions to kind of 
take a turn into like how we view, how we want to rightly and biblically view um, this topic. And I don't know if there's anything like necessarily in particular that you want to dive into next or anything that any like statistics or things that you want to share about. Obviously we talked about the fact that you felt compelled to share this now that now was the time um, due to what is to, to the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned. And um, do you have anything like that you want to share in regards to that? Or even do we want to talk like theology and science? Do we want to like, is there anything in particular that you might want to share? Uh, let me just quickly add that um, things that are not talked about okay. when it comes to yeah. having abortion. Yes. Um, well, they kind of tell you, you know, there could be complications. There could be, you know, tears or whatever. Um, but they don't really tell you about depression and the, okay. the effects of after yeah um and that's pretty serious because i'm pretty sure that i was depressed afterwards um obviously i functioned and did my daily life but i couldn't move past Hmm. what i had done yeah and so there are probably many many women who can't yeah still move past no matter how long it's been. Yeah. Um, but there are resources for that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to share that the clinic that I had gone to is not the only one out there mm-hmm. uh, that's willing to help people in a crisis pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty around. There are there are even there are mobile ones save the store yes. has mobile mobile ones clinics. there's yeah. carenet and carenet has um an, an a kind of like a post abortion um recovery yeah yeah called healing tide mm-hmm. and an i also class. um follow and support um you can find them on Facebook and stuff. It's for us, the number for us. Mm-hmm. They uh, they take donations for um, providing ultrasound equipment mm-hmm. to different uh, places so that women mm-hmm. can see that there is yeah. a baby in there mm-hmm. and it's an actual baby. Um, and I think... <coughs> I'm not sure what the statistics are, but I've read previously that that really changes very high percentage. Yeah, the the choice that's made mm-hmm. <clears throat> to a positive. Yeah, from um, they say that just hearing the heartbeat, yeah, is something that changes. And I I feel that in my time there, I could have gotten out if I had heard something or seen something. 
So you understand why they didn't show you the ultrasound. Well, and like I said, yeah, I thought about it. Yeah. What they're looking at, but I don't get to see it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure if I did, I, I could have just gotten up and left. Um, another really great ministry that is all over the country that I was privileged to be a part of. And gosh, I would love to do something like this. Um, but Embrace Grace Ministries, if you are someone who finds yourself, um, women, if you find yourself pregnant in any sort of circumstance, this is a great program that helps um, embrace women and moms, new moms who find themselves in tough situations. And it's a, I think it's a 12 week class. Um, I would just highly recommend seeking them out. It was, um, I only was truly a part of it for like their last big hurrah to celebrate the graduation of the gals. And, um, it was a very, very special day to see the bravery of these moms who chose life for their children. Um, and to see what, as, as Carol has said, like, they what they felt and thought before and then after graduating the idea that you would embrace the grace of god and understand um what that means what it means to be embraced by god and seek repentance and forgiveness um and how they're given a new identity in christ through this it's it was I remember leaving after the evening and just like weeping in my car because I, I mean, there were, oh gosh, six of them, I think. And just to see their bravery, cause that's not celebrated. It's more celebrated to shout your abortion than it is to see someone keep their baby and struggle. Mm. And it was, I, it was so strange because I only met them that day. But man, like, I, uh, yeah, it's just, it was, it was really weird. I don't know why I'm so emotional about it. Like, it was, I mean, I literally met them for like six hours and I just, because it's so easy, it seems like such an easier choice yeah. to not do that. Yeah. Um, and especially if you're not a Christian. That is what the world draw. It draws you in. Well, and like, like you were saying, that the, they were they were courageous for keeping and going through the struggle. Yeah. I think that we are kind of conditioned to avoid the struggle. Do anything you can to not struggle. Yeah, because it will be hard if you have a baby. But God doesn't say there won't be hard times. Yeah. He says he'll yep. be there through them yep. and he'll be with you. Mm-hmm. And you only need to have faith and, and put that on him. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it alone. You don't even have to carry it alone. Mm-hmm. So That's what community is for. That is what the church is for. That is, um, yeah, I mean, which that is its own, like, 
side topic of how does the church embrace a pregnancy out of wedlock? Mm. What does your church, you know, these are things to consider. Like, how does your church treat women who get pregnant out of wedlock? How does, what did your, let's be honest, like, what does the youth pastors at your church believe ought to happen? Mm. Because, yeah, church can be a safe place. But if anybody's been in youth group, you know that (laughs) hormones don't just magically go away because you're in church. (laughs) Like, teenagers still have raging hormones. And as much as they can kiss dating goodbye, there are still conversations that need to be had. There are still things that we need to teach our children to pursue holiness. And even, but even then... Things happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I hate to be like, it's because of social media, but it is like, and it's like, everything is so overly sexualized, you know, and especially with the whole shout your abortion thing. Like there was literally, I heard that there was literally a pact of a group of teenage girls who all wanted to get abortions together. Like it was this cool Uh. thing. Like, what is wrong with people? Like, what is the, I mean. Why would you want that? Why? Yeah. I think so much of it is you don't understand the sanctity of life. You don't understand, you don't agree on when life begins. That, yeah. Like, when does life begin? Like, if it's not at conception, when there's a whole new, like, person, a brand new set of DNA separate from the mothers, like, when that if that is not life then you have just it's just arbitrary yeah like there's no agreeing after that well i mean if you really look at what's going on in this world right now everything can be anything yes so which is why i hope we've done a good job i meant to be conscious in saying like women who get pregnant (laughs) (laughs) and being very specific (laughs) About the fact that only women can get pregnant. I know that's controversial, but that's what we believe here, and we're gonna we're gonna stick to our guns on that one. Which also, I believe in the Second Amendment. Anyway, we're gonna stick with women. Women can get pregnant. So, <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, anyway, those are just questions. So that's. I mean, my church. I'm incredibly proud of. The, and and really privileged to attend a church that does partner with CareNet of Puget Sound. Um, I will tag them in the comments, and we'll tag um, the um, for for us for us. And um, I will tag put Embrace Grace in the show notes because those are all and Save the Storks. Honestly, super incredible. Um organizations i'm pretty sure all nonprofits. i believe so to all yeah. donate to i've i've done when you can do like the facebook donate mm-hmm. i did embrace grace one year after i help volunteer with it so um it's it's pretty great so well i think it's important to note that those organizations not only help during pregnancy but after yes so they don't just leave you on your own. Once you have your baby, you can still get 
help resources, diapers, food, formula, those yeah. kinds of things. Well, yeah, right now, CareNet, I mean, they posted this on social, but like with the formula shortage, they have formula. I don't know what specific formulas, but they've got formula to just give away to people. Yeah. Um, you don't even have to. Yeah. I mean, you can, I know someone there, um, they were married. They just didn't happen to have insurance in between her husband having jobs. And she went early on in her pregnancy and got um, an ultrasound and got like help and care she needed during like her, like within her first 20 weeks. Yeah. And cause she didn't have medical insurance at the time and she went to CareNet and they helped her and, and they didn't even ask her if, and this is a Christian run organization, mm -hmm. but they didn't even ask her if she was married. They didn't ask her if she, I don't think they asked her if she was a Christian. They just served her. Yeah. They just wanted to help care for her and her baby and make sure her baby was healthy. And it, she, I mean, it's, it's a very, very cool story. I can share that at some point on the stories. It's a very cool thing, but, um, story a testimony for CareNet. so yeah. i believe that if these resources were promoted as much as the clinic that does the abortions the inner city inner urban city yeah eugenic we would probably based. see yeah a lot of a lot more babies saved we we wouldn't have a uh decrease in population for the first time ever yikes since the census started when there's, you know, less babies born in New York City than there are deaths. Or no, yeah, more deaths than babies born in New York City for African Americans, specifically in New York. That's so sad. Yeah. So our if you I mean population is going down, people. So it's pretty crazy. And then here at <laughs> which is hilarious because I I'm, I'm, I probably talk about my church a lot, which is fine. I love my church. And if you don't like it, you should come because you would love <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> we have, I seriously, most of the families at, at my church have at least three children. Like very few have two, but most are like three, four, five and counting. It's wild. Mm -hmm. So there's no population. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, a, a church that has families with uh, quivers full of arrows, <laughs> lots of blessed families. So um, I'm, what do you think that Christians who are listening to this, who might not realize they know people who have had abortions, like, what do you want to say? What do you think that, those Christians should maybe consider or people. I mean, I want to say Christians because Christians, like I said, I've been, I think a, for a, a, some churches, I know I've been a part of one where like someone, a teenager gets pregnant and they are asked to leave. Yeah. There's not a restoration of this baby is still a blessing and to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, like how, what do you want to say to, some Christians that might be listening to this. And... Um, so I, I remember reading some statistic at some point about how many people 
have had abortions like it was one in so many and it really and then it talked about how and then it talked about the church like because that's what it was saying it was like this many out of this many people have had an abortions that means you know someone in your church who's had an abortion yeah i mean it's true Mm because if you've been to church with me yeah yeah you know someone or you don't know that they have but yeah you know they have um I think that it, you know, especially right now, the topic may come up in conversation or, or during a sermon or something. Um, so yeah, just recognize there are people out there that um, they may still be dealing with the grief. They may still like be holding on to that. Um, so, so our job is to love them, not not to keep making them feel like they've yeah. done the wrong thing, you know, yeah. over and over and over. They probably know. Uh, yeah, they probably already. Yeah, have I mean, enough shame. I wasn't a believer, but I had shame and guilt. Yeah. Like, what made me feel that way? Mm. So, yeah, for sure, if you are a believer, you're gonna have more more because you've done wrong against God Mm -hmm. like and you know that yeah yeah and pointing I mean the whole idea of forgiveness of sin like it's it it is breaking a commandment right and we but don't we all do that like Uh even to look yep angrily or to you know i mean yeah we jesus talks all about that that it's the same thing sin is yes not, so we yeah. know that it's that there are different ways of calling sin sin and no one is better if you truly they're not going to be weighted differently yeah if you understand the true idea of grace and just the depth that none of us are worthy that all fall short yeah then we will not be quick to see the speck in someone's eye. Um, and I had someone say to me one time in a one of my small groups, when it comes to like pregnancy, that like, I don't remember exactly how she put it, but it was along the lines of like, how to not be so judgmental because my sin isn't, worn on me physically like if someone were to have like sex out of wedlock and then become pregnant there still can be a judgment of that mother yeah and then it's like well you don't have to wear a part of your shame physically on your body like you can't hide that and so how can we possibly like that to me was like so that visual the idea of like if I were to make a mistake or to, to sin in that way, because a child isn't a mistake. Like, I want to make sure I make that clear. Like sometimes it's like, you know, people and Christians say like, well, there's consequences when you, and it's like, but a child isn't a consequence. Right. It's a blessing. And it's because God redeems that, that it gets to be, but there are still effects and things and shame within that is, is a real part of it. Um, but I don't know, just the idea of like, wow, making sinning in a certain way doesn't 
always cause me to have this reminder of what I did and can trigger a shame or a, a trauma, like memory yeah, or something like that. And how easy it is to judge someone who has done that and how we sh- obviously should not do that. But it was just a really interesting way to put it. I don't know if that's even making sense, but it just, it was really interesting to me. So like when you, you know, drink a little bit too much or you look at someone lustfully or you overindulge in it's, food. It's no I mean, yeah, but yeah. you don't have to wear that in right. the same way. So yeah. it's like, let's just cool it on the judging one another so harshly. How would you encourage someone listening? If we could just kind of wrap this up specifically, how would you encourage a Christian that maybe struggling with that shame who, or even who, who a has just found out they're pregnant and is considering an abortion. Mm. So I don't know if your advice would, I would assume it wouldn't be different for the Christian than for the not yeah. for the non-Christian. I would probably say, obviously well, besides uh, like, don't do little, it, but, well, <laughs> but what would you say? A little different for the, for the Christian who may be considering Find your community, mm-hmm. bring people in, don't keep it in the dark, mm-hmm. whether you're considering it or have already done it, all of Either. that, okay. just, <laughs> yeah. just don't keep it in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Confess it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shine that light on it. Bring it to light. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't need to hold you captive anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for somebody who's not a believer, you know, that's hard because you may not have the people surrounding you who will point you in the direction that's godly. So, find one of these clinics that really are there to care for you Mm. and your baby not just hit a quota or, you know, yeah, get the money. Yeah. I would even probably say like, do find a church. Do like, there are churches that have, that surely would be able to care for you upon like coming to them with this confession, with this like, shame or guilt or whatever heavy burden you have that is what the church we are meant to carry one another's burdens and to point you know so i know that would be a beautiful thing that yeah so i would say if you don't have someone that is what the church is for like <laughs> and coming from somebody who's introverted and uh it's hard to put yourself out there I understand (laughs) how difficult that would be Mm -hmm. to make that step, but knowing as a Christian and being in a church, I know if somebody came in, I would want to help. Mm -hmm. Like 
my heart would be open for that yeah. with, without judgment. Yeah. I, I pray that there are churches near you. If you are listening and considering this, um, and yeah, that you would be able to connect with a community, connect with a pastor, a pastor's wife, um, to, and that God would use this to call you to himself and you would be able to feel that freedom that Carol talked about and have that burden lifted and you'd be able to celebrate the blessing of a baby and that just how wonderful and incredible and miraculous that truly, truly is. So, um, Thank you again so, so much, Carol, for having this conversation and sharing your story and being vulnerable. And I am truly, truly so proud of you and proud to call you my friend of 15 years. That is bananas. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I pray that this helps someone out there. I hope it will. I pray that it will too. I hope it does. You know, Carol said to me after we recorded that she hoped that the one thing that comes through is um, the dichotomy of the way that she viewed shame versus what she knows now in freedom and forgiveness that only comes from God. And I think if you were to go back and listen to this again, when you hear the emotion or the tears um, in Carol's voice, know that that is not emotion from shame, but that is emotion that comes from freedom and comes from Um, as Romans 2 would describe the kindness from God, um, that God's kindness leads us to repentance. There is an incredible freedom like Carol talked about. Um, Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy to know that all of those emotions were not not from shame or, or guilt from her decision, but just because of God's goodness, and he gets the glory for that, so... Um, I'm praying for the women listening to this. Um, If you are hearing this and you are contemplating an abortion, I would just encourage you to choose life for your baby, to reach out to any of the pregnancy centers in your area that would help you actually plan for parenthood, that they would encourage you and provide resources for you and um, connect you to a local church, connect you to people who can help care for you. Um, And if you're a woman who is listening to this who has had an abortion, I am praying that you would be able to find people to confess that to and that the Lord in his kindness would just um, give you freedom in that upon your confession. And that you would find people to just care for you well. Um, If you are in Washington State, um, I can't 
suggest enough reaching out to healing tides or to to care net to take the healing tides class that they have um you can read um some of the stories on their website and i would just really encourage you to do that it's i can i can't imagine how scary and how fearful it would be but there is no condemnation when you are in christ Jesus died for our sins to reconcile us to God. And it is a beautiful thing to be repentant um, and to receive the free gift of grace. So I am just praying for um, all you women out there who are experiencing any level of emotion in, in this realm. Um, it's it's quite a unique experience that, that women sometimes go through so um yeah find find people who will care for you even reach out to me I would I would want to do my best to try to connect you to someone but um this seems silly but I am just gonna say if you like the show give it five stars leave a review down subscribe all the things like us on Instagram i it seems, it seems strange, but it's something that must be done. Um, but I'm just, um, this episode just has such a tender, um, tone to it. And I was just really struck by that in listening back, um, to my conversation with Carolyn. So again, I hope you all were blessed by it and hope that you would just continue to join me in prayer as women around the globe would choose life for their babies and that um, in light of all the political things that are happening right now that um, we would be able to see um, an end to Roe v. Wade so all right well that's all for now friends uh until next time.